Hey everyone, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is uncertainty, shaken or certain. <laughs> Little play on words, but uh, the idea of it is we want health of our mind, of our body, and being certain, being confident makes all the difference. And when we are uncertain, we release cortisol. When we release cortisol, we're sick. And that's kind of the bottom line of it all, but there's so many little points to consider and so many other little veins of this that I just want to get into with you guys today. So thanks for joining and let's get right into it. So if I'm sounding super nasally today, I apologize. I thought I was fighting COVID actually. I've stick I've sticking. <laughs> I've stuck in <laughs> I've stuck more Q tips up my nose the last few days that honestly I can't even tell you and I'm negative, negative, negative for COVID. Thank the Lord, but I um, <laughs> think I'm suffering from a grass allergy, which could be just as bad at this point for me because every time I go by a field that's been mowed, I um, pretty much can't even see two inches in front of myself. My eyes are so watered up and my nose is clearly stuffy. You can hear it today. So all apologies for me sounding a little off. But this topic today I'm really excited about because I think it it drives everything for us. Like whether we feel really good in a decision we make or we're wafering, it makes a big difference in the outcome of things. Let's just start with that. I mean, if we are certain and confident and we step into anything we do, we have better outcomes than when we're wishy-washy and worried. I just think that's a clear observation to make. So from the time I was young, I loved, loved, loved singing. I actually am quite good at it which is hard for me to even say just with a straight face because honestly, if you were to hear me sing, you'd say I was probably pretty terrible at it. The only people who think I'm really a great singer are my kids because they hear me in my car when I'm confident. (laughs) And when I step on a stage, I kid you not, it's like I've never learned a note in my life. I, I get so nervous. And the second I'm unsure of myself or worried in the situation, I sound crazy. And by usually by the end of the song, I've come back into like confidence again, and it translates into me sounding better again. But I don't know what that is. I was actually so proud of my oldest son recently, who confidently stepped out on a stage, sang some songs from Encanto with his um, classmates, and did it with the accent from the character in the movie and this amazing little personality with so much confidence and I'm telling you people loved him for it. He was so adorable and I just wish I could step into everything I do with that same confidence because it always ends up leading to better outcomes but even it's just you can tell yourself that but sometimes your body and the physiological stuff just takes over. You know I would get the sweaty hands, I'd get shaky, I would like just about lose my mind but the funny thing is a couple times when I was on a big stage and there was a lot of lights on me, I remember not being able to see the audience and oh, how that tricks the brain. Like a couple times, I remember not being nervous on that stage because and only because I couldn't see the audience. So it was as though I was just standing in a room by myself, singing a lot, singing away and having nobody's judgments over me, no worries about any of that stuff. And I just got right into the groove of it really easily. So what is that? Like, what is this judgment we have over ourselves? And why do we always have to be so perfect? And why why can't we even allow for the fact that sometimes 
it's not going to be perfect. Sometimes we're going to be flawed and that's okay. You know, I could easily edit out the few mistakes I've already made on this episode, but I tend to like leaving them in there because I'm human. And you guys will relate to me more if I'm human. If I always make this sound so professionally put together and perfect, if you don't even hear a breath sound that I make, am I really even like a relatable person to you? Not really. If you hear my dog creak the door open halfway through this, or me have to cough to clear my throat, or take a deep breath because I'm a mouth breather at the current moment from these allergies, you know, all these things, it's just, I'm the same as you. And I just think that if only we could see the world through that lens all the time, we'd be so much less critical of ourselves. So how many times has somebody paid you a compliment recently and instead of simply thanking them, we just come up with all this stuff, right? Like someone actually complimented me at the grocery store recently and I must have said a million different things in response that were so stupid. Like, oh, thank you. I mean, I think I finally ran a brush through my hair today and blah, 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 blah. And I said all these stupid little things that I don't even know why I said it. Just accept it. You look good today. Thank you. You know, I mean, it doesn't even have to. And if you feel awkward with the silence after that, look at them. Is there something beautiful about them you could compliment back? Or you could just simply say, thank you. I hope you have a great weekend. You know, it doesn't have to be, I don't know, such a big thing. But we do make it a big thing, right? Confidence. Have some confidence. Confidence is awesome because in decision making, you have to trust yourself above everything else. And if there's a question mark at the end of it, guess what your readers, your audience, your, you know, employees or whatever it is, your family members think when you have a question mark at the end of a statement, you know, it's like saying, this is going to be a great weekend or this is going to be a great weekend. I mean, there's a difference. I'm either asking you the question because I'm not quite sure myself or yeah, this is happening, right? I mean, you've just given somebody the answer. This is a good sales lesson even. Like if you're trying to sell somebody on something, you better believe it yourself, right? Don't leave them um, in that ambiguity. I'm having a rough time today. I really could edit this entire episode, but I'm not going to. It is what it is. So um, because another thing is today is day one for me of having kids home on summer vacation. So I have a whole new set of insecurities, worries, and how's it going to work out? And is it going to work out? And I'm just leaving it at the door. I'm leaving it to God on this one. I really am. But um, I'm just back to the sales part. You know, you just need to know what you're saying as fact. And that comes through. People will trust you, believe you, buy from you. If, as long as you believe in you. And if you don't and you're not 100% there, then don't step up to the plate yet. You know, get yourself right first. Because when you do step up to the plate and you still have the question mark, The thing that happens is cortisol, and I know I beat this with a stick all the time. The point of it is, though, cortisol is a stress hormone that shouldn't be released at the levels it's being released. And if you're going to just be totally anxious as soon as you say the words, or if you're going to be so worried about how you're going to be perceived after you say the words, the problem is that lands for people. That's what they're getting is like, this guy does not know whether or not this is factual or not this you know this woman is off of her mind you know or out of her mind rather she's she's not even sure about what she's saying right now so I mean there's a lot of great examples of this and I think if you just look around in your own world you can see it but you just don't want to invite cortisol in invite sickness to your door 
why not just first believe in yourself? So if it's a message you're giving people, if you don't believe in it, don't say it. (laughs) If you're unsure how it's going to be received and you're worried about that, that tells me a couple things. There's some insecurities there. You shouldn't be so worried about how other people will take what you say. You just shouldn't be. Unless what you're about to say is some BS. You know, there's some type of like prejudice in there or there's something that could be offensive to people. And and it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like built on an untruth. You know what I mean? Like it's foundation is not a solid one. And in which case, why are you preaching that to people? <laughs> why are you putting it on your social media? Why are you putting it out there at all? You know, you have to have the confidence in your words or you shouldn't be using them, <laughs> basically is what I'm saying. And so when you have a feeling of that what you're saying is valuable to somebody else, could benefit them in some way, then that should give you full and complete assurance that like, it doesn't even matter what other people say because it's just going to roll, right? No matter what, somebody could come back and be like, I think that's bull crap and I don't think you need to be confident. I think you just need to act as if until you are. And, you know, they could come back blah, 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 with something to say about it. And if I really feel confident in what I just said, I don't really care what he's saying. <laughs> that's fine. That's how he feels and this is how I feel and, you know, more power to you. <laughs> so if you feel confident you don't worry about people pleasing so much. You don't worry about caring about what people say in response to your opinion because you just offered value to them, something that you thought would benefit their life. And if it doesn't, doesn't land for them, it doesn't equate or they have a different opinion, so be it. That's okay. You know, that that's what makes the life that I live very interesting is all of these different perspectives around me. I don't want to surround myself with all like-minded people. I actually enjoy the variety in my world the people that have different opinions and aren't afraid to say it you know that little bit of banter and like yeah by the end we kind of come to see each other's point of view I definitely don't change mine all that often (laughs) because if so I mean I wasn't grounded in anything too solid but I'm always open to the idea someone could change my mind that someone else's opinion could be something I've never even considered. That happens often too. And how cool is that? And if nobody ever challenged me, then I'd never hear that from them. But you know, when you are so unsure of what you're about to do, what you're about to say, how it's about to be received, it's a deeper issue. So just like peel away the layers a little bit and see where it's coming from. Because people pleasers, you know, there's a lot that needs to be changed there because there's, it's definitely coming from something that has like created this problem more or less inside you. There's no reason to want to have to please everybody in the room. And if you are, it's probably, you know, grounded in some kind of insecurity or something, uh, you know, from your childhood that needs to be worked through. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe, you know, seeing a counselor is not a bad thing. Um, I know I I personally refer to myself as a people pleaser in recovery. (laughs) You know, I know that I've had this issue in my past and I work on it nonstop. You know, I mean, everybody wants to be liked, I guess. That's maybe part of where it comes from is you want to be accepted by your peers. You know, you want people to think you know what you're talking about and you have a brain in your head and that, um, you know, your opinion matters to a conversation and all those things. But um, worrying about how you'll be received, it is something that is um, an area that I guess I can say I personally am constantly working on 
And I don't think anybody should try, be trying to please the whole room, you know? Uh, I'm not for everybody, and, you know, I'm sure you're not for everybody, too. That's just the way of the world, and we got to be okay with that, you know? That's what makes it colorful and interesting and beautiful. But, um, so, yeah, I feel like I got a little sidetracked here. But um, if you think about... Sorry, my dog is in the room now, and he's making all kinds of sounds. Um, if you think about cults and how a group of people can follow a leader who the things they're saying just don't sound, don't sound sound. (laughs) They don't sound logical to most people's brains. You wonder how does such a large group of people ever come to following a person like that? You know, those things used to make me scratch my head quite a bit. But I think that there's something to be said for like what we're going through today and, and that confidence that you're, you know, putting onto your words and how influential that can actually be to people. And then if you take people who already have a predisposition to trying to like grasp for something solid they can hold on to, it's not a far conclusion that like they might just latch on to that and just go with it. Um, this is why I've actually developed some techniques that I, I use myself um, and that I might be presenting in my group grief uh, programs coming up, but my thought is that people tend to um, process and go through things in their life, and and it's great to eliminate and get rid of all this negative stuff, right? We want to let go of the past garbage. We want to move forward, and you know, and part of that really is that deep childhood baggage and finding ways to let it go. But what I always caution people to do and really to avoid doing is once you have found a way to let go of the crap, (laughs) you need to find a way. Now imagine yourself. Let's just picture like your body filled with fluid for a second and it's filled to the top. Now let's say 60% of it was garbage (laughs) and let's say the 40% of it was, you know, good solid values that you had. And then you do all this work. Now, 60% of you just got drained out, right? Like you just got rid of all the garbage. I mean, I'm sure most of us still have a good 10, 20% at least that we hang on to. But let's just say you did a perfect job. (laughs) You got rid of every last little bit of childhood influence that wasn't coming from a good place or, you know, bad thing that had ever happened to you in your life. Somehow you found the miracle cure to work through every last little bit of it, which let's just say that's an unrealistic expectation, but we're going to go with it. It went perfectly. (laughs) So now, okay, so we worked through all that. Now picture the body like, so now you're only 40% full and there's this big open empty void. So what I caution people on is leaving it like that. And just expecting that life will happen and it will only refill up with all positive stuff. What if you preventatively, preemptively, however you want to put it, got ahead of that and before your body just self-selected what it was going to let back in because patterns are strong, right? If you've always let in these negative voices and things, what's to say that the next negative voice that comes isn't going to just fill up a good chunk of that space already, right? So how can we instead not be a giant empty cup like fill that up get ahead of it and fill it up with good stuff you know start the gratitude practices start something good solid like just have some enjoyment even like just start filling it with joy and good stuff but don't leave it empty and void 
because that's where I think the problem can arise because when you just leave it void, it's like saying, all right, whatever you want to dump in, right? That's not what we want. We don't want to just say to the universe, I'm a big empty void, fill me up with whatever. I mean, I do encourage, and I, I know I've said this in the past, it's just my own religious feelings and you might not agree on it and it might make you want to shut me off, but that's okay. I always say how I feel and you can feel completely differently. But for me, I, I do always want to hand the steering wheel over to God, right? I, I want to truly be able to release the control. I'm really working hard on finding true surrender and giving it over to God and not having to keep my hand on the steering wheel and stay in control myself. So it almost sounds a little counterintuitive, but that's not even what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's like you don't want to just completely drain yourself of everything and not just try to fill it up with the good before the other stuff can come. That's all I'm saying. Like it doesn't have to be um, a struggle for control and you directing what goes in and all that stuff. You can even, if you are a very religious person, pray on it and ask God to just fill you with what you need. But but just make sure you take that step is all I'm saying is don't just, um, you know, leave it to chance or, you know, jump right back into the first time something negative happens or somebody, you know, says something that triggers you. It just refilling up with more of the same old and repeating that old past pattern. I mean, we really do want to learn from our past, right? That's what we're always trying to give our kids a little bit more leniency and allow them to make their own mistakes so they can learn from them and grow. That's a tough one, right? <laughs> it's getting into this thing of kids. It is hard to watch your children do things that you already know uh, the outcome that is likely to happen and they can't see it coming. So it's always a delicate balance of helping them maneuver and figure it out on their own and buffering so that they don't have to learn the hard way. Ugh. I don't know if that ever gets any easier, but for me right now, it's it's definitely a challenge. I hate, you know, and I will say this is likely going to happen, be careful, several times, and then I often watch the very thing I've warned them about happen, and that's frustrating. It's hard, and it's part of life, I guess. As a parent, you just have to learn that you can only do what you can do, and then you have to allow them to fall so that they can have those bruises and then learn to pick themselves up. It's just you don't want the big bruises that end up leaving the scars, that end up filling the cup with all the crap <laughs> that later they have to drain out, right? It's so hard. And I now have a whole new respect for my parents and what they went through with me because I have no doubt I posed a big challenge every time because I had to learn for myself every time. I wanted to do it my own way. They cautioned me all the time, tried to protect me as much as they could, and yet I still had to live and learn and deal with the consequences of learning the hard way. So, whoa. And then, you know, you turn around and you try to teach your kid what you learned. And I remember my mom even telling me that she was being so much more lenient on me than her parents had been on her. And I'm sure I feel the same way towards my children. And yet, still, you know, they're frustrated with, you know, my thumb over them and, and it's hard, but you just want to protect the ones you love from the hurt you've had. So that's how we sort of function. And it's a tricky, tricky position to be in. But the title today was really about, you know, shaken or certain. And that's because you got to just think always, 
are you coming from a place of, you know, shaken, which is unsure, really, and, you know, worried, or are you coming from a place of certainty and confidence? And the answer in that, if you're unsure, then you're probably not clear, right? That's, that's it. If you can't even answer the question, then you already know the answer. You are not sure. As if you were confident, you'd be confident, right? So we got to start there. Like if we know that our next step feels good on every single level, I've heard the word alignment a lot, and that is really what it is. You're you're trying to find alignment, and if it's aligned, it feels good, it feels right, you won't ever have to question it. And that's how you know you're aligned. That's how you know you're in your alignment. It feels good. And then the beauty of it is when you are aligned, like you're saying your truth, you're living, you know, you're not at all hypocritical. You are doing the thing that you know you need to do. You're enjoying your life. You're not doing things and saying yes to things you don't want to do. You know, you're embracing the best version of yourself and it feels really good and genuine and you're perfectly aligned, then you won't even have a question and that's when things in your life will just start falling into place. You know, the the things will fall on your lap that you didn't even think were a possibility. So you could be like hoping for some big raise at work and then you don't get the raise, but all of a sudden, you know, you win some lottery, right? Some money comes to you from like um, you know, a relative who passed away or you get a random rebate check or something like that. And it just, it's like things just fall in place. People start calling you lucky a lot. And I don't think it's luck. I just think when you're aligned and, and you're doing the things that are right for you and you're not letting life happen to you, but you're sort of directing the show by being in purpose and alignment and all this stuff, things just get really good. <laughs> so even with all of the tragedy I've had in the last couple years of my life, uh, I feel like I'm starting to really get into my groove of doing things that bring me joy and finding a balance and not being unsure as much, not asking as many questions about whether or not what I'm doing is the right move or the right next step. And that means I'm acting out of alignment. And I will say more and more things are just coming together. Yesterday was a great example. I was at the grocery store and these are little things, but when you add them all together, it was like a perfect day. You know, like um, my friend and I had been looking for chives forever and all of a sudden they had two big plants of chives and I was like, oh wow, perfect. And then it was, um, I don't even know. I mean, it felt like one thing after another. I even had like a $30 credit when I went to pay for my new contacts from 2018. So I owed $30 less. I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, little things like that. It was just like a good day. Everything was wonderful. And I was grateful and I acknowledged all of these things and, you know, it was good. It was just like a really a good day of ease. But once the one little nugget dropped and something kind of shifted my alignment and made me start questioning and getting a little unsure, a little angry, a little frustrated or whatever, everything else got a little messy, you know? <laughs> and my son knocked over a huge glass um, filled with sticky, nasty stuff all over the wall, the heater, the like behind the couch, on the on the couch, on the dog bed. I mean, every little nook and cranny you can imagine covered with like a whole Pilsner glass full of sticky fluid. So right after that, we had another big bottle of water get knocked over on all our electronics. Things got bad and then because of the negative 
vibration and energy around it and everybody being all stressed, it just kept getting worse and snowballing. So stopping the momentum when things start getting like that and getting back to that place of confidence and alignment and feeling good, that's really key is like how quick can you stop it in its tracks and pivot it back to the right place. And we did. And as a consequence, we had a fun night having Chinese food with our best friends. You know, it was a wonderful night. So if you can do that and stop it and then get it back in alignment, get it back on track, you can still just pivot it right. And the people that are the most successful in life are the quickest pivoters. Like as soon as things start to go on that negative track, they don't let it go, gain momentum and snowball. They stop it and then they they like push it into the other direction and just start gaining momentum in that way. That's powerful. And the people that I know that can really do that well are awesome. You know, they don't have a whole lot of negative things happen in their life. They just pivot so quick. You know, you can almost watch them do it. And, and it's magical. It's just to see them maneuver and not let it drag down the rest of their day or the rest of, I've seen people that can let a bad thing take down a week or a month of their life. But I know people that within a minute, they recognize it and boom, I am back on track. Like this thing's not going to take me down. And I love that. It's the best way to be. So I'm going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. When we get back, quickly pivots and I'll give you a little action steps. So I'll see you after the break. So last week I mentioned that I'm going to be changing my homepage pretty soon on my website. I just wanted to let you all know that I also will be removing my free grief handbook that's currently there. So if you haven't had a chance to pick that up and wanted to, it is a free subscription to my https colon slash slash can you cure cancer dot com a website. And uh, I'll drop the link in the description. And just to let you know, the um, opt-in is free. There's no cost to do it. I always collect an email and your name just so that way I can keep in touch with you when I have new things to offer. You'll be one of the ones to know first. And um, yeah, it's just my way of staying in touch with you. That's all. I don't overuse or abuse it and I certainly don't sell it. So um, it's free and it's a grief handbook for anybody who has lost somebody. Um, it's particularly helpful if you've lost a spouse, but it's also helpful if you're going through it with a parent or um, anybody who's sort of in charge of doing the funeral, doing all of the setup around it. It's a handbook that everybody should have, but nobody is ever given. And so I just want to give that out to help people through a really tough time. And so I wanted to make sure that before I pulled that opt-in that you had the opportunity. So make sure you do that in the next few weeks before it goes away. And that's it. Back to the show. So how the heck do we build our confidence? And so we can come at things from a place of certainty and not shaken. <laughs> the best thing I can say is to keep taking action steps in practicing the things that you lack confidence in. So the more you do the thing, the better your confidence gets with the thing. And that can apply not just to like playing a sport or some activity or, you know, learning to drive a car or learning how to take on some task. It can also be just emotional things, you know? If, if your uncertainty comes from, you know, you're worried that your boss might not like what you just produced, for instance, well then keep producing things, keep trying, keep working at the thing. 
And then your confidence will get better and better, but not until you keep presenting the thing to your boss. You can't just work on it on the side and then never present it. The only way you're going to gain confidence is actually through some failures because a lot of people think of failure as like, I lost the battle, I'm out. And that's not it at all. When you lose, what do you have to do then? You have to pick up the pieces. You have to figure out how to make it better and make it work. So there's so much more growth that can come from a failure than just wins all the time, you know? The kid who never, ever, ever lost, never didn't get picked last, you know, the one that always had everything so perfect, they're probably going to struggle a lot more in life. You know what I mean? Like, if you knew someone in school who matched that and was like, man, everything seemed to come easy to that person... I mean, one, you don't, the judgment is a tough one because we don't really know what they had to overcome to get there. So, but let's just say there's somebody who it really did seem like it just fell in their lap all the time. You know, their parents provided everything for them. They didn't have to work for a thing. They got into the best school. But then when real life comes, because at some point that safety net won't be there for them forever, they're probably going to be so much less competent than you are because you've had a whole lifetime of failures to figure out how to pull it back together and keep going and move on. You know, someone like that, when they have that failure for the first time in their adulthood, they're going to be a big mess. They're not going to know what to do, where to turn, who to, you know, look for for help or, you know, what to do at all. They'll probably be curled up in fetal position in the corner somewhere. Whereas you have been a rock star your whole life, have figured out how to, like, pick up the pieces, move forward, make something better out of it that'll be acceptable and will be fantastic, you're going to know how to do that. Been there, done that, check that box. I've done it a million times before. I can do it a million times again. And that's awesome. So just keep practicing. Practice and fail, practice and fail. Let your boss hate it. Who cares? Ask them for feedback. Communication is key here, right? Ask them, what did I do that didn't meet your standard or your hope for this? And then grow from it. Like, how are you going to grow from it if they say, yeah, it wasn't good enough, and then you go cry and don't do anything about it, and you have a sad night and drink your wine and go back to work again, try all over again. Like, how are you going to grow? How do you know why it wasn't good enough? You obviously thought it was good enough the first go around. So say to them, can you give me some solid feedback so I can improve myself? I want to make this right for you, but I got to know what you want. Like, what is it you're looking for that I didn't get? Actually, this makes me think of um, Kathy Heller just said this to me or this group recently. I remember her saying something about how that was how when she failed or when others were failing, she was succeeding. Um, She was a songwriter and she would ask the client what they wanted instead of just like mass producing a song, you know, and trying to sell it to every single person. She instead would ask the client, what do you want? And then she could tailor it to their wants. It's the same thing with a boss, right? I mean, it's it's that same concept of if somebody is judging something of yours and telling you it's not good enough, you need to ask why. That's where growth can happen and only there. When you're willing to hear the hard words and then willing to put in the work to change it and make it better, right? The only other alternative I can come up with in a scenario like this, I mean, if the feedback you're hearing is just you know, not falling right for you and what they're looking for is not what's feeling aligned to you. It doesn't match with your purpose, with what you think is right. Then maybe you need to consider 
is this the right job for me? Am I working for the right person? Because you might never be able to please them. And you might be wasting some real talent. And so maybe you can take what you've already created to a new employer or start your own business and use your own talent, you know, for bettering people in a way that is more aligned for you. So it's like a win-win, right? You're helping people or you're creating something for someone, but it's also feeling good for you. So that's a win-win, right? Instead of just trying to always please, and if it's not, if it's just not falling for them, right? And you've asked and you've heard the communication back and you're like, well, that doesn't sit right with me, then don't compromise and don't just say, well, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what they want me to do, but not what feels good. That That's not good. That's not winning really, right? So just take that into consideration. But I think communication is going to be really helpful for your growth with this and for being able to come at things confidently and, you know, just improving yourself constantly, which is huge. So if you want to get rid of the shaken part, <laughs> you have to grow in the confidence part. And the only way to feel certain is to, one, know what it is that someone wants from you or know what it is that, um, you know, pleases the person you're trying to please. If it be a boss or, you know, a deal you're trying to acquire or whatever, I don't know what business you're in, but, um, you know, it's so important that you know what it is you're trying to do and achieve first and foremost. Um, and just making sure that there's alignment there, making sure it measures up with what you believe and feel in your heart is right, is very important and just as valid. Um, I just love the idea though, that you can sort of have it all. Um, and that's what I've been working at. And that's what I want for all my friends and family and listeners out there is that if, you can find the magic in the way to do what feels good, aligned, and makes you super happy, uh, and be able to do it in a way in which you don't care if it pleases people or not, because it's what's right and it's what's good. That is ultimate. But you know, at the end of the day, we all have a job or a boss or whatever the case may be, someone who we do want to potentially please a, a client or whatever it is. Um, and and that really matters. That opinion really does matter because we're working for them or, you know, then, then that's important. And you really just have to use the communication skills to get on the same level with them and know what their desire is so that you can line up. And then ultimately just comes down to like, are they one of the same? When I'm aligned, are they aligned? And then you know that you're working for the right person, you're working with the right people, all that stuff. The questions fall away, the confidence and certainty just totally grows. Um, uncertainty, nothing good has ever come from. And cortisol, I will say it in every episode, I get an opportunity to, cortisol should not be maintained on a high level. It needs to be brought down. And if you don't find a way to bring it down, it can lead to sickness and it's controllable. So don't allow yourself to feel nervous, worried, uncertain. Make sure you're staying in the confidence and finding things that just align with the life that you wanna have, you know? Don't just keep conceding for others all of the time. If that's the case, then you really do need to 
evaluate whether you're doing the right thing that's aligned for you or not. Um, yeah, because when you're doing what's aligned, you don't even question it. It's not even, this wouldn't even be a topic that would be of interest to you really because you already know, you already feel aligned and confident and congruent with the things that match up for your life. And when you're questioning it and unsure and not sure why you're unable to please people, you're coming at it from all the wrong direction. You really shouldn't be trying to people please. You really need to be people pleasing yourself. You need to be making yourself feel good and aligned and right. And if that's not happening, then you're already on the wrong path. So bigger things need to sort of be reevaluated there. And, you know, there's no reason why you can't be nervous sometimes. Everybody sometimes gets a little gut reaction of a little bit of nerves and anxiety, but um, finding your quick redirect and finding what it is that's gotten you um, so worried about what others think in that moment and then quickly coming back into alignment with your own well-being is so important. And the faster you can do that, the better. So I said I'd give you a few little action steps on how to quickly realign like that. So here we go. When somebody is shaking me a little bit in terms of like my balance and my alignment, the first question I ask myself is, is there any truth to what they're saying? Um, Because sometimes there is a nugget of truth and maybe that's why it rubs us the wrong way so much. So a little bit of like self-evaluation always helps me to say, hey, you know what? They're not wrong. So like it's hard to be upset about something that's, that's an actual fact. That is a growing point that where I could change and improve. So that's one of the first things I do. Another thing that I think is largely helpful if you're like getting knocked out of alignment is asking yourself if it's not even about you, but it's really about them. You know, it could very well be that whatever they just said is a complete reflection upon their own insecurities, their own issues, their own stuff they're going through and not at all a reflection of me. So why am I going to get so knocked off balance when really this is just a reflection of them and not even having anything to do with what I'm currently doing? So that's a real quick way to just put it back in check and go, don't let that bother you or rub you the wrong way, right? So um, also, if you can just find a way to put perspective on how big the problem is. So if you're in traffic and you're starting to get rubbed the wrong way by people around you driving crazy, you know, if your kids, like sometimes my kids are giggling and I start to get rubbed the wrong way. And then I really have to go, whoa, what is this? And it's the volume. I've figured out it has zero to do with like, they could be fighting with each other or laughing and having the best time. And sometimes it's just the volume. It's like things are getting so wild behind me. Like, you know, even if it's like the sounds of giggles and things that that elevated noise is just starting to rub me the wrong way. So that's a simple fix, right? So if if it's just the noise thing, just asking them to kind of keep it down a little bit is much better than a negative response of like, guys, what are you doing back there? You know, that sort of abruptness and like, that can keep, then that's going to rub them the wrong way. And then their energy goes from giggling, laughing, having fun to like negative, right? So that, so you don't want to go there with it. So really look at that. Like, what is it about the situation that's getting you kind of um, ruffled up? Another thing that I've put into practice is avoidance of situations that I already know are triggers for me. If I know that a certain circumstance is just going to get me put off or in a bad mood, why put yourself in that position? So really looking at that a lot more, not always raising your hand, saying yes, attending things that you really don't want to be at and being surrounded by people that you know put you in a foul mood. 
just make sure that you're buffering and the people closest to you and spending the most time with you are truly the people you want to be surrounded with and that give you good vibrations, good feedback, elevate you up. Don't bring you down. Don't make you negative. Don't, you know, sort of send you off into that spiral. So that's really key is when you're in a people-pleasing nature, you tend to say yes to everything because you want to impress everybody. You don't want to let anybody down. Um, and that is like at your own detriment because you will be letting yourself down because you will not be pleasing yourself. And then, you know, you've already kicked yourself off your alignment and then, you know, it's a struggle to get back there. So avoiding it and just being true to not worrying about who you offend by, you know, not being around for something is, it's important. You have to be really honest and it can be hard, you know, there could be like family gatherings and things that you just know every time for whatever reason, you know, Uncle Theo makes you angry at Thanksgiving every year and there's always an argument about politics and there's, you know, a million other reasons why, but why then put yourself in that scenario? Or if family is very important to you and that outweighs, you know, yeah, I'll just put up with it because it's important for me to have those family bonds, then find a way to fix the problem. You know that it's a, a continuous thing, you know, that I already forgot what name I said, but Uncle Freddie or whatever has this one thing that is always going to bother you. Then make sure to not get into that conversation with him again. If it bothers you that, you know, Joe always wants to have football on all day and you really love watching the parades, maybe you bring it up. Maybe that communication, you could just say, I know you love football. Can we make sure that, you know, on the commercials or wherever, we're swinging over to the dog show or the parades or whatever it is. I really love watching that. Or, you know, as soon as the game's over, can we, you know, watch what I would like? Or, you know, maybe since we, last year we did football, this year can we do whatever and you can record the game and watch it later? I don't know. Talk about it because... These are the people you love, their family. You're saying you want to spend your time with them. You're choosing that you would rather put up with an uncomfortable situation or conversation to have your time with them. So then you have to figure out how to make sure that's good time spent. And sometimes it's going to mean compromise. And it shouldn't always be you to be the one to compromise. So these are really hard things to navigate. because. But when you figure out like the, your order of priorities in your life, and if you're going to put family first, then sometimes you're going to have to give some, but also sometimes they're going to have to give some and you'll have to find that balance. And if they never give and you're still choosing family, then you are choosing to compromise and you can't get upset about that. So it's those types of things I think that help. And I know I've talked about it before, but always having joyful memories, moments in your back pocket and or finding something that just brings you your own joy and happiness and as soon as those triggers start to set off, doing those things. Even if it's like there's this one radio station every time you listen to or satellite station or whatever you listen to, Pandora or Spotify, whatever it is that you put on and like you know it's going to get you in a good groove, just do that. Go to that. Um, I'll watch like a certain TV show where there's like all the, you know, funny spoofs and things that happen or something like that. It just resets me into some like laughter and out of that funk quickly redirects. It could take five minutes and then I'm boom back into like the right frame of mind. But do the thing. Take a quick minute. Do a couple yoga poses. Do some meditation. Do your thing that makes you happy. Brings you some peace and joy. Sit on a dock. Let the breeze flow through your hair like by rolling your window down and actually feeling the breeze, not the air conditioning. You know, little things. Whatever it is that's gonna like get you out of that and 
quickly right back on track because the less time you spend in that negative space and out of alignment, the better off of a life that you're gonna have overall and the better of a person you're gonna be to be around. So guys, that's it for today. And you know what, it's Friday. Um, it's Friday when I'm recording, so hopefully y'all have a great weekend um, or a great week. Until next week when I'm at it again. So hopefully you guys keep tuning in to hear what I've got to say. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye-bye.